You're listening to Comedy Central. Ian Manuel, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. <laughs> the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you for having me, Trevor. Um, man, you, you, you have lived a life that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, you've written a book about it, and I'm not gonna lie, your, your story has all of the, um, the most surprising conclusions, because you were 14 years old, and you got sentenced to life. That was it. What was really fascinating in the story is how the judge explicitly says, hey, man, there's no second chances even if you're 14 years old, you know? When that judge says you're sentenced to life, did you know what that actually meant? Or, like, how long did it take to sink in? Uh, in my, I didn't recognize that life meant life until I was ne- nearly in my 20s or 30s. Uh, as a child, you don't recognize like what life without parole means. And that was based on a Florida law that says a child of any age indicted for a life or death felony shall be treated in every respect as if he were an adult. And that law is still on the book. So children can still be subjected to this no matter if they're eight, nine or 10. It felt horrible, man. No human being should be treated like that, especially a child. You, you weren't just sentenced to life with no parole. You, at some point, were, were sent to solitary confinement. And you spent, what, over a decade in solitary confinement? Uh, actually, I spent 18 consecutive years from the time uh, George H.W. Bush was president to when Barack Obama was on his uh, second year of his first term. So from 1992 to 2010. If it wasn't for me diving within the depths of my imagination and and learning how to write poetry, I would have I would have went crazy in there. I really need to understand this, like on a human level. You know, everyone, every therapist, every researcher, every scientist has said one of the key things human beings need to exist is human connection. For those who really don't understand solitary confinement, can you explain that? What is it like existing in a box? for 18 years. It's about the size of a walk-in elevator or a freight elevator. There's a steel bunk. There's a, a door. It's about five or six steps from the wall to the to the, the front door with a size nine and a half shoe. And it's just, and it's not like they put me in that cell and left me there, right? Uh, I was tortured. I was gassed with chemical agents. I was beaten. I mean, if what happened to George Floyd happened in broad daylight, Imagine what's happening behind closed prison walls when there's no one to videotape it. And what makes your story interesting is one of the advocates who said, we need to let this man out of prison, he cannot spend his entire life behind bars, was the woman who you shot in the face, Debbie Bagri, who you are now friends with. And she said, hey man, if I can forgive this person and if I can move forward with them, the American legal system needs to do the same thing. Talk to me about how you made contact with her, why that journey began, and and what that did for both of you as human beings. I was going through my paperwork and I seen Debbie's phone number and address in in the police report. So I reached out to her and I called her. And I remember the first thing I said was, Debbie, I'd like to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and to apologize for shooting you in the face. Then she asked me a question that no 14 year old should ever have to answer. She said, Ian, why did you shoot me? And I just remember saying it was a mistake. It all happened so fast. And I asked her, could I, could I call back? And I called back and, and I just asked, I don't remember much about that second conversation itself. I asked her, could I write her? 
And she said, yes. And that's how our correspondence started. And then that led to Brian Stevenson sending me a letter and taking my case and appealing it to the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn my life sentences. If you were appealing to people who would in no way, shape, or form be on the side of anybody who's committed a crime, how would you explain to them why they should consider not having, you know, a life sentence, especially for a minor who the courts or the justice system considers an adult? Yeah, I would just say that as children, our brains are still developing. And I am nowhere near the person I was at 13, at 14, at 15. I evolved. We as human beings, we begin to evolve and we become different people. So to say to say to, say to a child that you will never change is, is scientifically untrue. It's proven through science that we develop and we grow. So you should not eradicate, because that's what the judge sought to do. He sought to eradicate me from Earth. And I just feel like we as humans deserve a second chance at life. What do you think it is about poetry that, that, that saved your brain? Like, like you know, because you, you talk about it with so much passion. You go like, this is the only thing that, that kept me copus mentis. What is it about the poetry that, 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 that helps you cope? Well, I'll give you an example by reciting one of my poems, My Time Will Come. It says, I promise you, the brunt of my oppression has a purpose. And the same person that you persecute will one day be worshipped. Though I stand before you bare-chested and shirtless with my soul and emotions naked, just wanting to be nurtured. Yeah, despite the desperation, desertion, and hurting, my time gonna come. Though I compose this poem not knowing if I'll ever be able to perform it in an auditorium, I do it with the faith of a poet that believes he was born to do it like an acorn caught up in a storm, flung from the branch where it was born. You can only hold me back for so long. My time gonna come. Despite the difficulties and disappointments, my determination remains undaunted. Though the waters of my tomorrows are deep and uncharted, the buoyance of my character will float unwavering towards them. Like a song written, yet unrecorded, my time gonna come. Though you wrapped me in chains and sprayed me with chemical flames and did all of the things you did to add to my pain, my circumstances will change. I believe this with the depths of my being, that as long as this world continues to spin, it cannot end until it's been enjoyed by Ian. Remember this day, because things won't always be this way. My time gonna come. My time gonna come against all conceivable odds. My time gonna come. Thank you. Man, ah, your story isn't easy, Ian. It's complicated. The issue isn't easy. It's complicated. Um, but yeah. I think one thing I appreciate about your book and your conversation is, is that we're dealing with human beings. You're a human being. The person you shot was a human being. The people who are incarcerated every day are human beings. And we hope that they'll become human beings when they come up, but we don't treat them like human beings when they're locked up. So thank you for the time, Ian. Thank you for joining us. And um, 
Best of luck, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Trevor. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 